Hey, welcome back to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey Hogan, and I am so glad you're here today. This podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are just looking for quick bite-sized pieces of information that you can use to grow your practice, but also have some time left in the day to do whatever else you need to do. So today we're building off of last episode, which was about wound healing. And today we're going to cover over what are some factors that can actually affect the quality of wound healing. So in this episode, we're building off of last time about wound healing, but more so on how people don't always heal out the same way. This affects not only traumatic wounds, but also a lot of other populations. Like my ortho people, we see people after surgeries, right? Have you ever wondered why protocols are the way they are? You don't just choose a random length of time to start giving people weight. It's based on a lot of things. Healing timeframe of the wound operate on is one of them, but for some surgeries, we may delay certain things for patients more than others, and that can be because we have an idea that patient might heal a little bit slower than others. All right, so what we were talking about last time, that was hemostasis, inflammation, proliferation, and tissue remodeling. So those are the four stages of wound healing that we talked about in episode three. So if that's a little foggy to you, just go ahead and play that episode. Remind yourself, it's really short episode. For this episode, we're talking about local and systemic factors that can actually affect that process. So local, as in right at the wound, systemic, as in all over the body. Makes sense, right? So let's start with local. Healing delay can come from the wound getting infected, poor perfusion, quality of the tissue beforehand, and also what particular structures were involved. So if we're talking about infection, let's think about this. The body is having to work to decontaminate something that's just not supposed to be there. This prolongs the inflammatory process and can actually lead to a chronic wound. This bacteria can also form biofilms that shield themselves from antibiotics and polymorphonuclear neutrophils. So you can see how that would cause some issues, right? We're unfortunately trending towards a chronic wound in this case. Another thing, oxygen. You have to have this for cell metabolism, especially for ATP formation. If you can't produce energy, how is the body supposed to heal itself? We also need oxygen for just a few other meager things, such as infection prevention, angiogenesis, keratinocyte differentiation, migration, reepithelization, fibroblast proliferation, collagen synthesis, and wound contraction. Just a few things, right? Another thing, remember how we were talking about angiogenesis last episode? We were talking about how important it was because blood is a great conduit for oxygen, nutrients, and all those amazing healing factors. But if a wound has poor perfusion or ischemia, how is it supposed to be on the receiving end of all that good stuff? Next, we've got to think about the quality of the tissue. This should be pretty obvious, right? So, for example, if you have to rebuild a wooden fence... Would you rather rebuild with freshly caught solid wood or rotten old wood that would break apart in your hand? It's the same with a wound. There are different factors that can cause poor quality of tissue. Some may be more systemic. But if we're looking at an example of local wound with poor quality, that might be an example of like previous radiation to that tissue. There's another side note I want to make here that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with an abnormal wound healing time frame, but that is tissue healing time frames. Different tissues, and we're talking about things like bone, muscle, nerves, etc. These have different healing time frames at baseline. So think about it. What's more vascularized, muscle or cartilage? 
We just talked about how important blood flow is to healing. Might it make sense why a tissue that is less vascularized might take a little bit more time to heal than something with a little bit more? Think about the different protocols that you've come across. Some are for bones, ligaments, tendons, etc. What do you notice about the timelines mentioned in them? We're going to cover this more in the future, so no worries. But that was our local factors. You're going to find a few others too in research, but these are kind of the highlights that I found. So moving on to systemic factors, we were looking at things like age, stress, disease, obesity, medications, alcohol abuse, smoking, immunocompromised conditions, and nutrition. So as far as age, there are age-related changes and delays in wound healing, but not actually an impairment. Think about it like this. Everything just takes a little longer in each stage of healing. One side note for your patients who are a little bit more resistant to exercise, exercise has actually been shown to improve cutaneous wound healing in older adults. So maybe introduce that concept to them. Maybe it'll be some encouragement for them to adopt a healthy lifestyle. Just a thought. So moving on to stress, I'm sure none of us were ever stressed in PT school. This is linked to a lot of diseases, but in its own pathophysiology, it can actually result in deregulation of the immune system. Surprise, surprise, maybe you've been up studying for a test and you just happen to get sick. That's great timing, right? So this can actually be linked with delayed wound healing as well. Stress in itself can also be linked with unhealthy habits. So Things like poor sleep, poor nutrition, less exercise, greater likeliness of alcohol abuse, cigarettes, etc. So that's stress. Now, some examples of diseases that can affect your wound healing would be like diabetes. So these patients often have impaired healing due to a lot of things such as hypoxia, dysfunction in the fibroblasts and epidermal cells, poor angiogenesis and neovascularization, damage from reactive oxygen species and advanced glycation in products, high levels of metalloproteases, decreased host immune resistance, and neuropathy. Yes, I read that from a list, if you can't tell. Those are really hard to pronounce, so I struggled a little bit. Thank you for hanging in there. Um, And then we're moving on to medications. So there's several medications that can affect this. So some examples are like systemic glucocorticoids, These work by inhibiting wound repair through the global anti-inflammatory effects and also suppression of cellular wound responses like fibroblast proliferation and collagen synthesis, aka this means the quality of the repair is less than perfect. So there also can be a bigger risk of infection. Note, low dosage topical corticosteroids have actually been helpful in accelerating wound healing, so something to take note of. Another example of medication that can basically affect this whole process would be chemotherapeutic drugs. So the goal of these drugs are to slow down cellular growth and metabolism, right? And so a lot of the wound healing process actually becomes inhibited. I mean, there's a lot of different types out there. They all affect different processes. But essentially, we're looking at delayed wound healing in addition to a weakened immune function. And there's several other things. So think about obesity. Obesity we know is linked to several of the top most common and deadly diseases that are at least in America. Other things are smoking, alcohol abuse. 
we know that these aren't good for us, right? A huge thing, though, to consider is nutrition. So I was just talking about how we need good building blocks for healing, right? But nutrition is a huge, important factor in wound healing. If you don't have the building blocks, how are you supposed to heal your wound? So with nutrition, like think about your basics, fats, carbs, proteins. These are your source of energy for wound healing process. You need glucose in order to create ATP, and you need energy for angiogenesis and deposition of new tissues. Protein is also a huge deal. If you don't have enough protein, that can impair capillary formation, fibroblast proliferation, proteoglycan synthesis, collagen synthesis, and wound remodeling. It can also affect your immune system and so therefore increase susceptibility to infection. We already talked about how infection is not a thing that we want. Collagen is a major protein component of connective tissue. And I don't know if you were counting how many times I said collagen, but you kind of need it, right? There's several amino acids that are really vital in order to help the body heal in terms of regrowing and responding to stress and being able to remodel that area that was, you know, under construction. There's so many things that you need. You need fatty acids, you need the vitamins. This all affects your immune system. And the reason why it's so important to bring this up to your patients is that if you don't have the right things going into the body, that affects the output, right? You need good input for good output. So sometimes after a post-op procedure, they might even be trying to limit their food intake so that they don't gain weight. But this is not the time to do that. Like, you know, obviously don't buy a huge package of Oreos and just have at it. But this is the time when it's really important to be able to be on top of your nutrition. So these patients may benefit from a nutrition consult to have some professional guidance on helping them to basically maintain as good function as possible. And guys, there's so much more I could have covered here. Bear with me. I'm trying to give you the highlights of things to think about so that these are things that are on your radar. And if you notice something's amiss, or maybe you've got a patient that has one of these factors, maybe just pay a little bit more attention to that. Use it as an opportunity for you to dive in deeper on your own and and realize that that factor is there so that you can have a better understanding of it too. But I am so glad that you came and and joined me on this episode. It was a long one, lots of big words, bigger words than I'm used to using on a daily basis. So thank you. Please let me know if you have any questions. You can email me at ptsnackspodcast.gmail.com or check out the website. It's www.ptsnackspodcast.com. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends, write a review of if it's something that really appealed to you, that really helps me out a lot. Other than that, go ahead and hit subscribe. It's one less thing for you to have to think about in your busy schedule. You just literally, these come out every Tuesday, go ahead and get in the habit of listening to them, think about them, incorporate them in your practice, and then you're going to be so much more efficient at learning things. So Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a great rest of your day and until next time.